all my days. Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Beat. I'm, of course, Nick Baumgartner, along with Brennan Quinn. Still quarantined away, although Brennan has been back in the uh, live sports arena. Quarantine? Look at this tape, bro. Hmm? Look at the tan. Look well, yeah, tan. You're, you're outside quarantine, <laughs> outside distancing, tanning. Yeah, How are we doing? I'm great. How are you? You're a little Good. low energy, Nick, I got to tell you. I'm low energy? A little bit. I've had a few things going on today. Yeah? There's been like multiple things at once, one of those days, which is like weird in the summer, right? Because you have like several days where nothing happens and then like Absolutely. one day where everything happens. That, that's been So that's been going on. But I know that happened for you. Uh, we got a mailbag episode today, but I we uh, there's a couple things we want to touch on before... We get into that. Um, two things, one of which Michigan State basketball uh, got a commitment from, you know, uh, what are we calling him on base? The best player since Michael Jordan? <laughs> wow. Magic Johnson? Wow. I mean, like, LeBron? I mean, anyway, uh, generational talent, of course, yeah. um, you know, highly re- or widely regarded as the most talented player to come through a high school level and, you know, shoot, at least a decade, I would I would mm-hmm. say, is, is a safe bet by most. Um and one that kind of came sort of out of nowhere, but almost in some ways when you peeled it back, maybe not all the yeah. way out of nowhere. And then also a kind of an interesting situation. So if we yeah, when I when I talked to folks at Michigan State, the the general reaction was not surprised that he actually committed to Michigan State, but surprised mm-hmm. when it happened um, that it just kind of popped up in the first week of July, whatever it was. Um, without any real kind of, I think, build up between the two sides of this, you know, do it this way, da, da, da. Like, there was very little of that. Um, the the announcement of him committing to Michigan State was far more tied to the announcement of the creation of Ipsy Prep, um, mm-hmm. the school being created by his father. Um, and, like, to me, my interpretation of it, the, the priority in this announcement was the high school portion yeah, and then it was, and he's going to Michigan State on right. top of it, and um, you know whether that was tied to making it uh, as buzzworthy as as possible. I don't know. Um, will he ever actually play at Michigan State? I don't know. I'm sure we have plenty of questions yeah. about that. Um, but yeah, that was a hell of a scene, man. So I was at Boyne up north playing. Mm-hmm. I'm you know I, I I tried to unplug. I deleted the app. Goddamn Twitter app, that's out. Yeah, I texted you. I was like, man, not to be this guy, but yeah, yeah, that was that was great. Really appreciated it. It was uh, so I was in the middle of playing seven rounds in five days at uh, a variety of places. It was awesome, uh, and I was between rounds at Boyne, basically, mm-hmm. you know, running in, uh, grabbing a beer and a sandwich, and um, was with you know a couple other people and stuff. And it's Amani Bates is making an announcement. Right. I mean, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, like, man, this is huge. If he actually goes to Michigan State, I got to write something. And then I look and I'm like, I don't even have a laptop. (laughs) And I'm an hour and a half, and I'm an hour from the hotel. I'm SOL on this. I'm not writing a story on my phone. We have Colton Pouncey, who's quite. uh, Colton was there. More than capable of handling oh, yeah. uh, a, a huge story. Cole, Cole's um, got the recruiting scoops down. At but, this point. He's all over it. <laughs> but it was just one of those things where you're just like, I haven't done jack shit for two months. <laughs> you know, and of course, of course, this happens uh, yeah, every uh, time. while I'm in uh, this this position. And, you know, what a, it, but it's also going to be one of those deals. I got some golf stuff to do. Uh, I got to go down to Columbus for two weeks for two PGA events and then I'll be back for a while and it's gonna be one of those deals you know kind of let the dust settle and then double back revisit this whole thing and really kind of dig into it get with uh, Amani's people and um, try to do some larger picture type stuff yeah but it was just like one of those picture like you and I have talked about if this was ever a TV show made of the bullshit that that this job entails, like it was just, just a throw your phone. I'm just saying, yeah, just sitting on like this patio, like you know, I can't, I can't get this day. All right, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, I'm sure we have questions about you know this, and we'll probably get into it more then. But I mean, and I don't know anything about it other than obviously what everyone else knows, and that you know, Michigan State had been recruiting Imani for 
quite a while right. and had been really the only school left, I think, right, that was actually actively recruiting. I mean, in a lot of ways, me, they were the only one that bothered in the first place. Right. That's what I mean. And it, it made me think about it kind of deeper for a second. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if there's anything to it, but I, I thought in my mind, like, you know, Izzo is one of the few coaches left um, that was still recruiting at a super high level back when the one and done was not mm-hmm. a thing, right? Back when it was when you when you would invest your time in a kid maybe and he would he would go pro. And, and he's the type of guy, you know, who recruits on relationships. I think it says something about something, right? I mean, like, I, long story short here, I think it, whether he plays a second yeah. at Michigan State or not, I, and, it, and and even if that commitment was nothing more than Amani and his family wanting to get, you know, their, their new uh, mm-hmm. prep academy out there, I think it says something about something about a coach that recruits on relationships. I mean, right, like, I, right. you know, that's that's got to mean something to somebody, you know, on some level – you know, within the basketball community, because you're right. I mean, he was the only one that really bothered to do it all the way through, right up into the end. He basically right. said, look, you know, we've gotten along. We like each other. Like, if you ever want to, you know, mm-hmm. if you ever get into a situation where college is a realistic option, we're here. If I not, mean, I, cool. I, I've personally seen Amani Bates at I don't know how many games in East Lansing. Right. Um, Just basically an open yeah. invite um, whenever he wants to visit. And yeah. um, this, to me, uh, it doesn't hurt you. Whether he no, plays or not, it doesn't hurt you, no. right? It's it's your your look, head, look, look, your headline look, look news right with now. LeBron. Yeah. yeah, right. Your your headline news right now. Um, this is an affiliation that um, is is worth its weight in attention and mm. uh, publicity and all that good stuff, and kind of a nice shot across the bow to the other you know, kind of traditional blue bloods who didn't really bother here. You know, Adam Silver oh, yeah. had previously come out and said 2022 was looking like the year that one and done. Yeah, I wonder why. In, in effect. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah makes sense. Why. But now it's looking <laughs> yeah. like we, we don't know if yeah, that's going to be the case. True. So because of that 2022 number was always there, um, your places that would have traditionally gone all in on recruiting him just never really got into it. Um, mm-hmm. Avani Bates's father and his whole camp were pissed about that. Yeah. And, well, this is a pretty pretty shrewd move to, uh, to, to dig kind of the knife in a little bit is to actually commit to a school. So um, and another piece of this that you brought up, Izzo, that Dylan and I talked about this yesterday, um, it really speaks to what has kind of been the staple of his whole I thought so too. damn tenure – at yep. Michigan State, and it's the state of Michigan. And it's, yep. if there's a kid here... You're mine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going all in, regardless. Right. Yep. Regardless if you're Miles Bridges, regardless yep. of if you are uh, Josh Jackson, regardless of if you're Amani Bates. If you are going to play basketball, I'm going at after you. You're, yeah. you're going you know, to have yep. to tell me no, right? right? And so he made him the priority from seventh grade on. Mm-hmm. And when a lot of people balked, he dug his feet in. Even more, and yeah. if Amani Bates were front were um, grew up an hour south of where he did, yeah. and was in Toledo, Michigan State never recruits him. No, but he wasn't. He's in Ipsy, and Michigan State said, "If you're going to be this kid, we're going to recruit you." And they they you know to the uh, it speaks to the effort that that they put in. Yeah, I think there are instances of you know cases to be made of. You know, you can waste your time sometimes in recruiting. Mm-hmm. I think maybe more in football um, because there's more numbers. But but I also think that those are rare uh, rare instances. I don't think any effort like that is a waste of time. Like mm-hmm. even it, like we just said, even if he never plays a second year, we look at what Ohio State does with LeBron. Uh, yeah. We look at what you know all these schools do. Like I mean, if he becomes who he becomes, then you ride on those coattails as long as you can. And if he right. plays a year for you, even better. So. Uh, pretty cool, uh, pretty cool thing, and uh, Michigan State basketball recruiting. You also, Brendan, this week before we get into the mailbag, uh, covered a real sporting event for the first time since yeah. uh, Weird, March, man. somewhere Weird. in there, and um, found it to be very odd. So, yeah. if you would uh, take us into the situation uh, a little bit here, I mean, it was really it, it's cool to see a golf tournament that level of, of talent, kind of without the the noise and without distraction, and really kind of be able to just um, observe and appreciate um, just what goes into playing a round of golf, right? And that's what, yeah. you know, it's one of the most interesting things to do when you're covering golf is literally follow one guy for 18 holes and kind of see 
all the wild turns that a round can make and take and, um, you know, the moment that a round turns, the moment that it falls apart, all these things. Um, and to do it in this setting is incredible. That said, it's really weird <laughs> to not just have kind of the white noise of sport. Yeah, the fans. Um, and like Sunday, especially when there was some movement at the top of the leaderboard, you know, Bryson DeChambeau started the day two or three back and ended up pulling ahead and went on to win, obviously. But like, there was just no, like that kind of jolt of competition that's in the air, even at a golf tournament, right? I know it's not a football game or anything, but in the the final round of a golf tournament. Oh, yeah, sure. You, you're our cheers in various parts and you kind of build and everyone's looking at the scoreboard and the, or the leaderboard and you're kind of following along what's happening and there was just none of that mm-hmm. Sunday. Um, kind of surreal, but I think it's good to have sports. I'd put it this way. When it comes to golf, it is much more enjoyable and normal to watch it without fans on television than it is in mm-hmm. person. In person, it's just a little uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, it probably would have been like covering a high school tournament. It's you like, know, back in it's the day, too quiet. College. It's too quiet. You can't, yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> you can't check your phone when you're like walking that's what around. I was just going to say. Because you might like I, walk onto a goddamn tee box and someone's so, like, all right, get the fuck out of here. Sorry here. <laughs> when I was like uh, in my early 20s and, and working down south, disc yeah. golf was a big deal down there. Okay. Like disc, you know, like frisbee golf. Yes. Frolf. I'm aware. You're aware of this. Um, and I remember there's one event where, you know, there guys are, and I covered some golf events too, right? That were for money and things like that. And I remember there was one event where uh, it was like a professional, you know, money on the line, this golf tournament. No one is out there, but you're out there with them. And we're standing around the last, you know, hole or whatever while the guy makes his last shot to win the tournament. And someone's phone went off. And he turned around and thought it was me. And looked at me, and I had to, like, run out of that. He, I thought he was going to kill me. I was oh like, this, and so, like, I was, I was going to ask you, did you have to leave your phone, like, in the tent? Did they let you take your phone out uh, on the course? Or did you just have to, like, make sure you shut it off in that situation? Because I can already see a situation where we already saw uh, the big guy go after a cameraman. Uh, oh, yeah. Of course. The big guy. So, That's great. That's great. <laughs> like, dude's out there getting his bench press in, and then he goes after a cameraman. So, I mean... <laughs> Super awkward, but um, I guess that's uh, sort of where we're at here, I mean, in this in this situation. Yeah, I mean, at one point I had to make a phone call. I had to call, uh, uh, actually, my editor to kind of go over a story mm-hmm. idea. And I'm like, in the middle of course, I'm like, I'm going to have to go like hide under a... Yeah, you're going like, to have to like leave under the... A, uh, under a bush or something, like <laughs> on the outskirts of the course. Because, you know, <laughs> last thing I need is just one, one guy coming after me. Uh, so, yeah, it was Very a whole strange. weird deal. And I'll be uh, at Murfield Village... Uh, down in Columbus for back-to-back events, uh, heading down there Friday to cover the weekend at the work day, and then I'll stick around for the memorial next week, and uh, we'll see if it gets normal. I don't know. I doubt it. Uh, <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> right. Anytime soon. Speaking of not normal, of course, uh, before we get into the questions, uh, I'm sure there's a lot about you know restarts of sports, things of that nature. We've seen in college football. Uh, you know, the, I don't know if the Ivy League's actually announced this yet today. This is Wednesday, but it had been anticipated that they would uh, you know be announcing you know the decision to move football to spring. Possibly, we've heard other folks you know chime in on that. Jim Harbaugh talked today. Um, you know, and his kind of stance was more like you know we'd rather play without fans than not at all. If we have to play, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, but if we can't play, we can't play one of those type of deals. Uh, basketball I had read is possibly thinking about moving, moving the start date up. I don't know how. Yeah. I think, I think that's, I, I mean, it was, look, Pat 40 talked to Dan Gabbett, Dan Gabbett said it on the record. So there is that, that, you know, the idea of starting two weeks early, the conversations I've had, uh, in, amongst basketball folks to me it's has sounding like that whole thing is doa basically um there's no there's really there's very little traction there uh no one anticipates it picking up any anytime soon so um what i think is going to happen is the ivy's going to make a move and Mm, then i think you're going to see um some leagues that don't aren't kind of tethered to having to make football decisions first so you'll see the atlantic 10 and maybe the big east um, make their decisions to move fall sports to the spring. Mm-hmm. And once you start to see that, then, um, you know, next, 
those do those are those leagues able to make basketball decisions? I don't know because it's so tied to everyone else. Like yeah. it almost has to be some kind of uniform thing. But right now, like the non non football schools want to know what to do with their fall sports. And right. once you move those to the spring, now now you can start figuring out championships and stuff like that. Like these are not just you don't just move a sport to a different season and like snap your fingers. Like there's a no. lot of shit that goes into yeah. this. And in my understanding with with it on on a football side, even at the you know high school level, because we've seen it here in Michigan, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, Governor Whitmer had you know suggested that I think to the MHSA a couple weeks ago or last week, whatever it was. Um, m- most folks have been of, of the working impression like if that's a last resort, then sure you know we can we can figure something out, but make sure that's the last thing on the list. But at the same time, it's July eighth as we sit here, and you right. know you know, college football would be beginning at the end of this month in, in theory. Uh, high school football would be like August 12th, somewhere in there, first 10 days of August, something like that. So, I mean, you're really running out of time. So it's almost to a point where it's like, okay, maybe you are at last resort time and have to make a decision. I mean, it's either, you know, are you going to shrink your season? Are you going to trim it down? If you do cut out non-conference games, for example, um, and you're a larger school with with contracts in a smaller league, a smaller league would need that money. Are you going to be able to get out of those contracts? You're going to have to pay that money. Uh, there's a lot that's that's kind of sitting there um, as folks have sort of gone over all these things over the last several months or weeks, months, whatever you want to call it. I don't, I don't know, time is like lost all concept here, but you know, everyone's kicked the can down the road, kicked the can down the road, <laughs> kicked the can down the road, and it's like, well, the road's ending, so. At some point here in the next couple of weeks, if not sooner, you know, a decision on some level is going to have to be made I, I, on the, in the college arena and in pro sports. You know, that's kind of a different thing. I'm not sure that those are two comparable situations because you're dealing with student athletes and right. college students, obviously, of course. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, the answer I, is I, don't, I really don't know. I mean, on the basketball side, if if I were to be able to make any prediction, and this is based, you know, obviously it's based on some conversations, but it's just based on opinion of what actually happens. Um, man, I would have to guess that at some point they cut bait, move this thing to the spring. Yeah. And, maybe. and, and I should say late winter spring. With That's a, what I thought. Like, yeah. Back in March, a, yeah. a Jan one start, mm-hmm. you know, first day of practice, December one. Um, because this, like whatever decision is made, Keeping the NCAA tournament intact for 2021 is of the yeah. highest priority, revenue-wise. Yeah. Like, you can't go two years without an NCAA tournament in men's basketball. Um, no, it, probably it, not. It would just be such a financial disaster um, that I, I just don't know what survives that. So, I mean, if they, if they cut let, – let's put it this way. On football, like not to cut you off, but I mean, if they, if, if like Michigan says to Arkansas State or uh, Ball State, sure, we're out. We're not playing. Uh, we're, we're not going to do it. We're cutting all of our non conference games and we're not going to pay you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? If, if I'm not saying that that would happen, I'm just saying if that happens, mm-hmm. Arkansas State and Ball State are completely screwed. No doubt. I mean, their programs and, are, they cannot recover without that guarantee money. So and, if, and those if are you're eliminating those things, I mean, it's just terrible. Those are individual instances, though. Like the yes. NCAA oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. men's sure. basketball tournament finances right. be, yeah. the championships of like 48 Everything else, sports yeah. in, mm-hmm. in Division One, Two, Three. Um, it is, it is, I know everyone just thinks that like the NCAA is like, like a bunch of like billionaires, like running around with like the money in their pockets. I, they spend the money. Like that money yep. gets spent yep. on college sports. You yep. just don't see it because it's a bunch the of shit do too. you don't yep. care about. Do so, mm-hmm. um, whether they spend it appropriately or not is a different conversation. Different it's, conversation. No, they do but, spend it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I think for basketball, you move it to January. You know, conference only season. Get the games in. You know, your number one priority is to build a bracket. Build a yeah, bracket yeah, to, to have an NCAA tournament. Whether it's one, something that happens all in one location, that that's all that can be done. But what you got to do first is make a plan that is feasible and can be carried out. Yeah. Because if your plan is still just go at it November and cross your fingers, man, <laughs> I, I'm not feeling that at all. 
<laughs> Even if you had to play like a ten game season and then said we're playing a tournament, a you can do that. <laughs> it's just one. It's, it's you know, knock on wood. It's just or, one year, right? Yeah. Or you say we're going to play conference tournaments and the NCAA tournament, and that's it. There mm-hmm. you go, and then we move on. Yeah. And I think that's the thing to remember. Because I've seen people say today with football too, like you know, if you can, or this week rather, you know, if you move it to spring, you know, maybe there's a chance for you to make some money back because you maybe be able to put some people in the stands. Where in fall, there's just no way, you know, that seems realistic at all, uh, you know. So, but I don't know. I mean, it's so up in the air. But there are things. Yes, there are. There are certain things in both sports yeah. that have been at top of mind throughout this whole process. That you know, like you said, with basketball, you can't not have a tournament at some point within this next calendar year. You have to have something. Uh, when that, you know, doesn't necessarily have to be in the exact window that it always is. No. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you don't, everything will change to a level that most people probably don't even understand. Um, and it would cost a lot of jobs at a lot of places uh, for people that you don't know anything about right. uh, or never even think about. You know, people that just work in athletics in general. It's a lot of – and scholarships for kids and everything else. So, mm-hmm. um yeah, they're hurting. That's a tough. That's a tough spot. But it's like one of these things where it's like it's a pandemic. I mean, we tell people that all the time, right? Yeah. It's like I, I had somebody tweet me like over the weekend, like it's starting to feel like a real possibility that they might not play in the fall. Do you have any thoughts? I'm like, it's been a real possibility <laughs> since March, whatever. I mean, every right, day, right. it's been a real possibility. And when we say this, this isn't us rooting for sports to be canceled forever. Obviously, we want sports to I be mean, played more than probably anybody. But it's just reality of the situation, and and that sort of is what it is. And uh, you know, it's difficult. If you're bored in the house, bored in the home, bored, why not spend some time on yourself? Our sponsor today, Manscaped, is here to make sure you're well-groomed above and below the belt. Manscaped promotes clean hygiene when it comes to shaving, thanks to their Lawnmower 3.0. Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming. While you're probably looking for new things to do at home, why not make manscaping part of that routine? The Perfect Package 3.0 Kit. Comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, waterproof cordless body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. Third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping incidents. Shaving is about to be nick free thanks to Manscaped and its advanced skin safe technology. Inside each perfect package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver, an anti chafing deodorant and moisturizer. Uh, which I'm sure you can guess where that one might go. So get 20% off free shipping with the code at theathletic at manscaped.com. So that's the code theathletic at manscaped.com. The athletic, all one word. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code theathletic. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. So go to manscaped.com today and use the code THEATHLETIC for savings on Manscaped. You want to get some, get some questions? Yes. Let's, do, let's questions. do the thing. Uh, you got any here? We'll just go back and forth from your question. When you, when you put out your call for questions, I yeah. put out a call for questions. So let's just uh, okay. bounce back and forth between... Go ahead. Uh, what you got and I got. Uh, I'll start with one from uh, a loyal listener, Brad Ritt, uh, mm-hmm. who starts at quarterback in 2021 as there's no way they're playing in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> who starts Who starts at quarterback in February of 2021? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, uh, you know, without – this has been such an interesting thing, and I think it's going to be super fascinating whenever they do get back because whenever they do get back – you know, the time to prepare for the season to really prepare is going to be so crunched. It'll be like high school football. It'll be, you're going to have three weeks or four weeks or whatever. uh, And you're going to have to make decisions. And I've kind of gone over it in my mind, you know, knowing like, and I know Brad's Michigan fan, so this is a Michigan specific question. Um, You know, Harbaugh has always taken like the full year Mm -hmm. to evaluate everything. and, and, And oftentimes we'll drag that decision all the way to the end to make sure everybody has a chance to compete. When you're crunching it like that, there there are things that are going to have to get thrown out the window and you're going to have to make decisions without as much information. And really, I think it's going to depend on, you know, who's in the best shape, uh, who's the most mentally prepared and who's the most talented. And, you know, there's going to be three or four weeks or whatever it is where they're going to, you know, Dylan McCaffrey, Joe Milton, they're going to have the balls will roll out and that'll be that. And it won't be nine months. I mean, there'll be sure, sure. There'll be things that I'm sure they've had, you know, zoom meetings and, position group meetings and things of that nature. And I'm sure Josh Gaddis has monitored all that. Same with, 
Ben McDaniels and and the like. But when you have a you know a shorter window to make that decision, uh, I think things get a little more interesting, and maybe some things pop up that you hadn't even considered beforehand. So again, I, I have no idea. I don't know what the answer would be. I mean, no one really has an experience advantage. McCaffrey's one year older. But in, in terms of game, you know, in terms of his class, whatever, but in, in terms of game snaps, I mean, he's probably played like 20 more game snaps. Right. Maybe. Right. Maybe more, maybe less. I don't know. I mean, not much in terms of meaningful snaps. So I don't know what kind of experience advantage that is. I don't know if that's enough to just default at, at, at him being the leader. I don't think there is one at all. Uh, I don't – anybody saying otherwise, it would just be a blind guess, I mean, at this point because, you know, we'd have to wait and see. And I could see the we're both playing. I don't know. Are these two uh, on campus right now? Are they? Do are they like going through McCaffrey, workouts uh, and shit? No, McCaffrey, I, mean, I just mean the teams, even like the whole team. Oh, um, yeah. So like Michigan's got uh, Michigan and Michigan State have both began to welcome uh, players back uh, yeah. for voluntary workouts and things of that nature. Um, I think Harbaugh said today that I want to say July twenty fourth or twenty seventh, as of. Right now, as things stand today, the coaches can get involved in the in the in the uh, time. They can go up to twenty hour weeks at that point. But I assume all those you know safety precautions will still be in place. The distancing, right. the everything else, and you know, I go back to like May. I want to say, and I think it was John Harbaugh actually who, after the NFL gave sort of its guidelines, you know, one shower, one person showering at a time. He kind of said, "Look, like I'm not trying to be that guy, but he's right. like, most of this is impossible. Right. We can't." We can't play football without a huddle, or we can't play football without touching someone. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. either we do it or we don't. But you know, we need to have a discussion on whether or not this is realistic. And I think that people have been having those discussions, hoping that they have more time to sort of like, well, let's just see. Maybe this will all go away, and it's like, well, it's not going away. So, right. you know, we'll see how it goes. Mm. All okay, right. what do you got? Uh, let's see. Zach, who I missed some of Zach's questions in my last mailbag I did, actually. So Zach says, what teams, this could be any sport, uh, were you the most wrong about with your past predictions? What team Yeah, was I most wrong about with past predictions? Season predictions. Season like predictions. how you thought it would go. Um, I know I thought that the freshman year... Miles, Bridges, Josh Langford, Cassius Winston, Nick Ward, freshman team was mm-hmm. going to be a lot better than it was. That was a team that barely snuck in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, they were not very good. Yeah, I yeah. thought I thought Aaron Harris was going to be much better than he ended up being. Um, that was kind of a, a wonky team. Uh, so it was definitely way off there. I'm trying to think of one that I thought wasn't going to be good that was good. Um I was not that surprised you. I was, yeah. I, I don't think I was especially high on. Is that right? Well, do you have any while I'm thinking of this? Yeah, no, I got one here. I mean, it's recent. It was last year. Uh, Ohio State's football team. I mean, I last fall or summer. Uh, you know, and I still stand by it. I mean, I thought Michigan had what it needed to win the Big Ten, and I thought Ohio State would have some problems uh, transitioning from Urban Meyer to Ryan Day, and I could not have been more wrong on right. that one. That is one where, you know, Chris Burke and I have gone back, you know, because the Lions have Lions drafted three Ohio State players, so we've gone back and looked at rookie stuff. And I've watched every Ohio State snap now from last season on offense and defense. Uh, that is the most talented Ohio State team that I have covered or uh, that since I've been doing this. Uh, I was completely wrong about Justin Fields needing some time to adjust to a new system with a new coach. I was completely wrong about Ryan Day needing some time to adjust to a new system, uh, or I'm sorry, to a new position as a head coach. And I overlooked the depth they had defensively. That's the most, uh, Ohio State was so talented um, that I still scratch my head how they weren't at least in the championship game with LSU or pushing them right to the wire. I mean, it was Ohio State and LSU last year, and I... Uh, that was one where I, you know, at the end of the season, I was just like, well, I screwed that one up because that's not even, I mean, I'm like, this is, I underestimated so much about that group and they were, they were just completely stacked. I, I knew they'd be good, of course, but there were things that I thought would take them some time to adjust with all the transition that was going on that did not seem to exist. Right. And, uh, you know, that was beyond impressive, you know, 
kind of where I was sitting. All right, so my the, now that I think of it, the eighteen Michigan team. Um, yeah, the, the final four. That, that was a total miss. I thought yeah, that, I, I thought they were going to be pretty average, and they were for the first half yeah, of the year, for, right? Yeah. I was in Maui Most with the them when they lost LSU, and I'm like, uh, this team's got some major issues. Mainly, they right. don't have a point guard. A um, couple weeks later, they got just roundhoused at North Carolina. Like mm-hmm. they were just two teams playing on different planets. Then they went, blew that lead at Ohio State, I think, and. All the freshmen, like Duncan Robinson's just furious. Mo was furious. Um, Charles Matthews yeah. was like trying to become a pro. and um, Like, what am I doing here? No, yeah, right. Like, nothing really <laughs> fit. Um, and they really didn't get going until second half of that year. And lo and behold, ended up, you know, just one dominant Villanova team away from possibly winning a national championship. Um, but that team, all along, I was like, shoulder shrug, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. The whole. I mean, I I remember that we were not paying. I was at three press, and we were not. I remember as much attention re- to them as we needed to be. The level uh, until of interest. They got to like. <laughs> when did they beat Michigan State? Was it like January or something? Yeah. Because like I remember mid-January the Super Bowl probably. Because I, I remember being like, "Well, guys, we're gonna have to pay more attention to them now yeah. because like this is a different deal." But yeah, that's a good one. Get them on the list there. Yeah. All right. I remember you starting to show up. I say, well, yeah, well, I was like, well. I started traveling in February <laughs> that year. Look at this guy. Because I was like, we got to we gotta go on the road. Because, I mean, I wasn't – I didn't go on the road in December. Like, I think George and I were sharing stuff. And George yeah. had other things going on and, like, you know, other things he had to do too. So, it was kind of like we were going back and forth. And then we got to, like, January. I was like, well, this got to stop. We got we to gotta get back on the old uh, travel train here because uh, this is different. Yeah, I, feel, sure. I feel like nowhere. I feel like you and I might have driven somewhere together that. Year. Yeah, we went to. Well, was that year? Maybe Penn State, maybe or something like that. Illinois or something like that, or. Yeah, I think I Purdue, went to Penn State and Maryland know. and somewhere in there. Yeah. Purdue, possibly, yeah, toward the end of the season. <laughs> I do remember that. Uh, all right, let's see what I got. Um, here's a good one. Who's the <laughs> one story that got away? One story that got away. I mean, there's a lot that <laughs> just sit there. Um, oh, this is true. There are <laughs> some that are harder to explain than others. Right. Um, do you have one on uh, top of mind here? I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of good ones that have been ruined by results of games. I would say mm-hmm. over the years, there's a lot of sure. like you know the 2016 Michigan season would have been really something unique and different, um, you know, had that last call against Ohio State gone a different way. I mean, I think about things like that a lot. Uh, there have been times in the past where I've had things that I thought were going to do really well or or get read really well or something, and then something else will happen right as it's running, you know, and it gets like in overshadows. I mean, that happens a lot. Right. Um. But I, at the top of mind, I think a lot of them end up getting kind of ruined. A lot of good ideas end up getting ruined by results on the field, which yeah. is why years ago I stopped trying to uh, plan ahead like that. I was like, I'm just going to be an evidence-based person, and right. uh, we'll just we'll just go with it on what happens on the field. Because, I mean, it is that happens a lot, where, you know, best plans get destroyed by, yes. you know, somebody uh, doing something on a court or a field that you didn't expect. I've got a, I've got a pandemic one. Oh, do you? So I don't mind sharing this here. Maybe it'll happen one day, but mm-hmm. uh, we'll see. It was um, so I had it lined up this year that I was oh, going yeah, sure. to uh, kind of go a little bit behind the scenes with Jim Nance at yeah, that's right. the Final Four, and then potentially travel with him to Augusta. So it was going to go from Atlanta to Augusta yeah. um, with kind of a interview in between. So however he, you know, traveled, uh, maybe go with him and make that this a sit down interview, whether it was in the back of his car or whatever. Um, and then in bed with him again at Augusta. So two weeks with Nance on, you know, the best back to back, uh, in all sports media and write a story about him, how he does the job. And then both covering both events all as one piece. And now, you know, knock on wood, maybe it still happens one day. But it was lined up for this year, and I was like, it was going to be my first Masters. Cool, yeah. It was going to be the first Masters that I ever covered. 
and mm-hmm. I was like, I was geeked. And it went, yeah. it took, as you would imagine, like there were a lot of emails back and forth <laughs> dealing with CBS, dealing with his agent, dealing with him personally. And then it just poof disappears. And yeah. that was a big old kick in the dick. <laughs> uh, a birdie has told me that Jim Nance is a fan of your writing. You've, you've been, I've told you this, yeah, Jim Nance. Yeah, uh, that would that. have been a cool story. Yeah, like the pandemic has uh, complicated a lot of that stuff. Like I was going to go to San Diego and hang out with mm-hmm. Brady Oak, and then you know that uh, I talked to Brady on the phone, but I mean it's not the it's same. It's not as, the same at all as Golan, of course. I mean it's that's hard. been something that everybody's had to deal with, um, you know, on a lot of different levels. Yeah. Um, so you know, tough stuff there for sure. Major bummer. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, well, here's one. Here's a better one to write in your spirits right, nice. uh, from Kyle Austin, Kyle our, Austin. Our, our good friend. Because <laughs> okay. I put out the uh, picture of my football helmet with the tweet yesterday, mm-hmm. and he says, what did you have to do to earn Skull and Crossbones helmet sticker at Millington back in the day? So I have the – I had it here, yeah. as you can see. I'm pointing to it. The skull – I think I've got, like, another one on the top. And the other one. So the skull was from, I, I think, so I mostly played offense. I think the skull was from, like, if you got a sack or a fumble or whatever, like a big play, a drive-changing play. Mm. Uh, or if we had a shutout. I think if we had a shutout, then everybody involved in defense in general got a skull. Okay. The other ones, the red ones, the Cardinals, were, were offensive stickers. Offensive linemen always got more than everybody else because, like, if we were on the field for a rushing touchdown, we got one. If we were on the field for a passing touchdown, we got one. If we were pancake block, you got one. Uh, I think if we had, like, a two-point conversion, you got one. If we won, you got so one. If you hit, like, rushing yards generous. goals. Oh, yeah. These things, by the way, like, in terms of awards, and you know me, I'm not really big on yeah. awards – uh, are probably like the most coveted ones that I ever probably had. Oh, <laughs> no, yeah. These stickers meant more than like anything else uh, in your uh, in your existence. So were you just pancaking dudes all over just to collect? I re- I can remember specifically being in huddles and being like, I got some coming after that one. <laughs> like after like I got a, like in your tallying them in your like mind <laughs> while you're playing because they were like. That I mean, for a, if you're a high school football coach even today and you don't have these, like, come on, guys, like, so cool. Everybody yeah. loves those, of course. So yeah, cool stuff. Amazing. You I still, have I still want to have your old. No, I have no stickers. I have no laurels <laughs> from high school. I have a sad sack GPA. Uh, barely got into college. Uh, I was you don't have the diploma little, framed. A little distracted. A little distracted <laughs> in high school. So, uh, yeah. All right. DJ Richmond, how many times have you cycled through the office and or parks and rec since everything came to a halt with the pandemic? Not that much, actually. Um, yeah, you got the, I haven't you got watched the, you a lot of TV. Kid. Yeah. I, have, I haven't watched a lot. I have rifled through Always Sunny multiple times, have you? I think, during. That's just kind of been my general background noise. Of the pandemic, yeah, um, that's my that's my go to big time. I mean, like I've been through the office more times than I can even, or or I'm willing to admit, probably on. Uh, but that was years. I mean, I I don't uh, I haven't as much lately. But yeah, it's a great background show. So is Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec actually over the years, I've almost wondered if it's better. Um, as time's gone on, you get further away. Blasphemous from Blasphemous for your brand. Dude. But I don't know. I mean, it's really good. Like, there's a lot of. Uh, Good characters in both, but um, yeah, no, I haven't. I'm trying to think of other shows, and I just it's not a lot of great stuff out there right now on the old uh, on all. We have all these different, you know, TV providers and everything else now. I don't know. Have just you watched any kind of sports? Like, have you tried to get into watching the throwback stuff? Have you gotten into? I did early. You know, I tried early, early when, when it first started. You know, like. Back then, when it was kind of like a thing. It was like, what are you watching? Yeah, like, what are you doing? Uh, CBS no. was showing, like, tournament games right. during the tournament. That was awesome. Like, that was great. I, I think I was talking to, like, Chris Burke about this once. Why the hell didn't ESPN just turn on, like, Classic? ESPN yeah. Classic yeah. and just leave it alone for the next, like... Yes. But they didn't do that. So, like, nobody... You know, they all stopped. So, I mean, I probably would have continued with some of that stuff. Like, I still see... Yeah, like, BTN I, is still good with that yeah. stuff. Yeah, BTN had a game. I caught a couple minutes of uh, something the other night. It was always Penn State and Ohio State right. from a couple years ago when they blocked that putt and everything. So, yeah, be, like, 
you still see some of it. I've, I have watched some of that. Like, I actually ended up watching, I think there was an old, like, Tigers game on from, like, way back when, like, maybe right. in 84, 1984. I, I think I watched some of that. Um, but, like, like, a lot of these channels have stopped doing that, which I um, don't really understand. But at yeah. the same time, okay. You know, <laughs> fair enough, I guess. If you want to have your talking heads go on there and talk yeah. to us about things, that's cool, too. So. Here's a good one from Robert. Yeah. Uh, what is something each team, football and basketball, has done that you think should have been different? For example, I think Peppers should have played offense and Burke should have come back in the first half, obviously against Louisville. Hmm. Well, I would disagree with the second one because Spike scored like 20 points in the first half. Was he <laughs> supposed to score like 40? I don't know about that. Um, but the Peppers one holds water. Uh, I think... Um, there's a case to be made for for Jabril, for sure. There's a case to be made for Rashawn Gary maybe playing inside instead of outside. But really more than anything, I think that Michigan football going from uh, Harbaugh's offense to Josh Gaddis's offense happened probably two or three years too late. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if they if they would have had some sembl- something similar to what Gaddis has installed and running now in 2016, I think they would have been in the playoff. Um, I think they would have won the Big Ten. They would have been in the playoff. I think they were better than Ohio State that year. That was the only time I w- you, you can really, or, or at least it was even, right? I right. mean, if nothing else, it was you know splitting hairs. And not having that in your sort of tool belt, I think cost them. And you know they've just been behind. I think in terms of, and they've gotten there. Like Michigan State's kind of gone through the same thing. Like D'Antonio's offense just stopped making sense. It just was like you can't, you got to change, and and they didn't. And, you know, that whole situation now is is going to be completely different as well with Mel Tucker and Jay Johnson, those guys. But I think that when I looked at Michigan's, you know, Michigan State had other problems um, after D'Antonio sort of hit his peak and it went down. I mean, things changed for a number of different reasons. The thing with Michigan, it wouldn't be positional for me. It would be the offense needed to be more evolved and have more ability to, you know, score points in a hurry. Um than it did in those days. I mean, they were still trying to play kind of old school NFL football in a situation where it just wasn't going to work uh, right. the way you wanted it to. So, you know, that's one I think about all the time. I, I watched, I talked to Austin a lot last year. Like if they had some of the stuff they were running last year with the roster they had in 16, I think it would have been much, much different. That's the one that always kind of sticks with me. Um, one that could have maybe turned something that was a really good team into, you know, a super special team probably. Right. Um, on hoops, I will say, uh, Michigan State, you could probably, you can probably see make the case Jaron Jackson should have been used probably differently. Probably should have just gone all in yeah. with him as the five. People oh, yeah. there will always tell you, you know, he would have, couldn't have stayed. Well, there's on, always a reason. Couldn't yeah. have stayed on the court. Um, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's well-tread territory. I think one that you could also go with if you want to look at that year, though, um, and even though, shit, they still won 30-whatever games, but in hindsight, you could probably make the case that 18, they should have kind of handed the ball probably to Cassius Winston uh, right from the get-go as a sophomore. Yes. And, you know, God bless Tum Tum Nairn, but um, said, you know, this is your ship, young man, and, and go for yeah. it. But, like, there were still games in December where he was playing 18 or 20 minutes or, or whatever. Um, it was, obviously, it's the defense thing again, but... Um, it's not being like, like one of the five best point guards in Big Ten right. history. He probably should have started this whole sophomore year. <laughs> I wonder sometimes too. Like he's he's a he's kind of a his personality is more deferential, right? Like he's yeah. more of a he's not. Especially I almost time. wondered. Yeah, and I remember looking back, like he, you know, because when they all got together, when when that class came together, it was Miles Bridges was the best player. Uh, Nick Ward was a big deal. Right. Um, Langford was a big deal. And Cassius felt like he was maybe – he was a big deal, but it was like he was the – he was coming off the bench for a while. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, you know, at some point along the way, you're right, I think he became more of a big deal than than uh, he was showcased as, I suppose, in that season for sure. Yeah. Um, for Michigan, I'll say Beeline uh, should have relinquished control of the defense earlier than – he ended up doing. Yeah. Um, obviously, I mean, the results spoke for itself when you had someone in there who had just more of a, just totally different approach to that side of the ball as opposed to beeline, you know, 
basically going all in on offense and trying to also, you know, coach squeeze in defense when he could. Um, right. That was a major turning point in, in the program. And um, it was kind of one of those, hey, yeah, if you have like four NBA players and a national player of the year at point guard, Hell yeah, just going all in on offense, but yes, you're usually right. not going to have Trey Burke, right. so you, you need to play some defense. And uh, you know, Beeline, I think even in hindsight, he'd probably admit the same that he wishes he had um, looked at things differently earlier uh, in that regard. Agreed. There's a good one from Zach. If you had full control of the Big Ten, it could realign and add or subtract schools. Ooh, how would you do it? Who would you like to see? I have gone on record many times saying I would like to see Kentucky in the Big Ten um, mm. f- for both football and basketball now because their football program is much better than it used to be. Uh, and the basketball implications there would be amazing, I think. Um, Nebraska doesn't need to be in the Big Ten. I think Nebraska would tell you on most yeah. days that they don't want to be in the Big Ten. Um, I think those are the those are the two right. I don't know. So, I go back and forth on, like, Purdue a lot. It's Purdue? Like, I mean, like, Purdue, and Purdue has actually stepped up, but there was there was a time where it was like, and, you know, in recent years they have. They've paid Jeff Brom. Um, I think they've made more of an investment in their facilities, but there was a time, if I want to think way back, there was a time where, like, Matt Painter almost left Purdue because they, had, they were not spending money on anything. And he was going to go to, what, Mizzou, I want to say mm-hmm. it was. And Matt Painter, he played at Purdue, He's a Purdue guy, loves Purdue, right? And he went so far as basically like, I don't know if he'd signed anything, but like, that's, I think that was like basically done. Right. And then he comes back. And so there was a stretch there that I almost always wondered about, like, you're getting a share, you're getting a Big Ten share. Are you, are you, are you doing what you need to be doing to make sure you're staying competitive? Um, Because in football, it just, it gets difficult you know, with those teams at the bottom, because it's like, you know, Minnesota's done a nice job of coming back, but you got Maryland and Rutgers here right now. I mean, Rutgers, of course, has no business in the Big Ten. Maryland probably doesn't need to be in the Big Ten. I would toss Nebraska, Maryland, uh, and Rutgers. Yeah. I would probably add Syracuse, Pittsburgh, and Louisville. Pittsburgh. I could go I would add Louisville instead of Kentucky. Kentucky's SEC. I mean... SEC championships are what Kentucky does for basketball. Yeah, I used to say it to people when I lived down there, and they were like, no, never leave. Louisville has always kind of been... Highest bidder. All over the place, right? They were in all kinds of... The Metro, the this, the that, the other thing. I've Um, thought about Cincinnati over the years, possibly. Um, I never know if they have enough juice in football. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I I think it comes and goes. But I also think about that, too. Like, okay, for instance... like Ohio State's dead... But. Yeah, over their dead body, but like whatever. I'm sorry that Ohio State is like the one team in the world that gets like no one in the state of Ohio dislikes Ohio State. Right, right. It's just like whatever. But like I've thought about that too. Like Brian Kelly was at Cincinnati, right? Like what if Cincinnati is getting a Big Ten share of money while Brian Ke- Kelly is the head football coach and, you know, you expand around what it. What about Notre Dame? Changed. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a natural right. – fit in every single way um golden goose no pun don't know why don't know why they're in the ac i mean they have that agreement with the acc which makes absolutely no sense i have no idea why that's a thing why is that a thing why does notre dame (laughs) have a deal with the acc and not the big 10 i mean my god they're in literal you know the middle of big 10 cut they would be at the border no way acc football who gives a shit they'll they'll take the game to it notre dame the big 10 could never Bend well, over like, it's all like that and yeah. say, right, you, you get this half-assed deal with us. Yeah. Um, but Nebraska, my God. I mean, like, I remember Lee Barfnick before Lee retired talking all the time about. Lovely. You know, all the time. Just being, you know, even back, like, because my first year covering Michigan was, I think, Nebraska's first year in the Big Ten. And even back then, he was like, this is not. Yep. Like, folks are not loving this, man. Like, this is like they are uncomfortable. Uh, they don't, you know, they, they miss playing Texas and Oklahoma and all these things, and it just doesn't feel, and it never has. I mean, to be honest, it just, it hasn't. It's felt odd and weird yeah. and, you know, like, and I like going to Lincoln. It's a great place. I mean, the football stadium's great. I haven't been to the new basketball arena, but everybody says it's amazing. Sweet. Um, 
But it just, yeah, I mean, it's like, it's just awkward. And uh, I get that they, you know, they needed a home. But at the right. same time, it's like, when you think back on it, it's like, well, if Nebraska was in the Big 12 right now, I think it would probably help the Big 12. I don't think the Big 10 would be hurting yeah, because Nebraska's right. not in it. So that's the one other than Maryland and Rutgers where I think Maryland and Rutgers wouldn't, Ruck, Maryland would have somewhere to go. Rutgers would just be floating in the middle of nowhere. Right. Nebraska would have somewhere to go. Like pe- people would want Nebraska. It just doesn't feel like yeah. it's a. I don't know. Maybe, I just feel like time it will. places like Syracuse and Pitt, especially like I feel like they could figure out football if you put them in the Big Ten. Like yeah, they that could was make my it, thought. They could make yeah. it work. They wouldn't just be completely overwhelmed like Rutgers and Maryland. Like it might Pitt, take, it might sure. take five years, but yeah, like, I could buy a bit more than Syracuse. But I think you're right. I think they would. I think Syracuse could do it. Right. I think Syracuse Pitt absolutely could do the it. Basketball program, like there's real value there. Yeah, and again, Pitt coming into the to the Big Ten would be over Penn State's dead body. But hundred percent, hundred percent, they would never no. be like, "What are we doing?" No, absolutely not. <laughs> right. So you know, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, but a good question. Always that was fun. an interesting question for sure. Yeah. Mm. All right. Let's see. Let me pull my. I lost my track here. Okay. I have I have one lunatic who under like. Six different Twitter names asked me why Dylan and I on our other podcast had separate pods for No Joe Eastern and Trondy Brown committing to Michigan, but Amani oh, Bates and Max Christie not that. getting their own. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, six copy and pasted like six different times under six different Twitter names. Like, who is this? I, ass- I assume it's either a like 12 year old. Who hasn't seen the light of day in, a, in way too long and is just losing his mind, or it's an adult like chronic masturbator who this is all he has <laughs> or something like that. So I, I don't know if I can say that on the air. I hope the sponsors aren't pissed, but to this guy, just relax, man. It's uh, it's never per, it's never personal. If a pod doesn't happen, no. it's because of extenuating circumstances. That goes for this one as well. Yeah, I mean, there's things <laughs> there's things going on here. You know, it's not. I don't know. What do you want to talk? Do you want to spend more time on some Michigan State got a new recruit yesterday? I mean, we've I don't I don't know. I feel like yeah. anyone claiming that we're not giving uh, fair time to both. I think that might have been at charged at the other just, pod with Dylan, but yeah. whatever. I'll I'll vent here because I we, we always hear. I mean, it's just crazy. You wrote about this, but you yeah. didn't write about that. Well, shit happens sometimes, man. <laughs> yeah, Twitter's getting uh, Twitter's getting pretty difficult to even be associated with here at this point, uh, and it has been that way for several years now. But uh, my God, it's a, it's a daily uh, disaster. Um, Would you? I think will you that. let your child have a Twitter account? I mean, I can't even. I don't even know if Twitter will be around by the time. Uh, good point. By the time that that would happen, this kid. I mean, I've thought about that a lot, with, though. This kid that's going to Michigan. This. Yeah, dude, uh, Will Cheddar from Will Cheddar, yeah, middle of nowhere, Minnesota, doesn't have a Twitter account, doesn't have a Instagram, doesn't have Snapchat. I bet he is like living a blissfully peaceful life. Phenomenal interview, <laughs> one of the most level-headed dudes I've ever talked to. Just normal, just a normal kid. My, Had no idea what's going on. It was like I saw the other day that. Uh, Graham Couch, our friend Graham, uh, LSJ, said he was deleting the Twitter app from his phone for two weeks. Shit. <laughs> Graham was back on Twitter like eight minutes later or maybe a day later or something. He said, I'm deleting it from my phone. If I'm on here, it'll be because I'm on my yeah, laptop. I'm like, well, what's the point, count. Graham? Like, yeah, right. So none of us even know what to do. And Graham is like, Graham's our age. So we remember a time before Twitter. We remember a time when Twitter started. And we remember this now. And we don't even know what to do with it all. So I don't know. Tough stuff. <laughs> would I let a kid have Twitter? I don't know. That would be uh, something to think about. A deeper conversation. Not maybe not in today's current. I learned uh, it from situation. watching you, Dad. Oh, I baby, from yeah, watching exactly. you. Have we? Uh, uh, here's one that I think we've gotten a bunch of from Tom. What does Brendan think of Juwan's offense after after one year? I um, I I, 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 I punt on it every time because that offense was yeah. so tied to, to Xavier to Xavier yeah. Simpson. It was really. Um, it felt like to me. I, I thought they did a great job. I mean, the the numbers don't lie uh, for a team mm-hmm. that wasn't um, that had to deal with Isaiah Livers kind of going in and out of the lineup and dealing with Franz Wagner trying to find himself for a lot of the year and didn't wasn't a particularly good three point shooting team. I don't know what else yeah. you can ask for. Um, they got I feel like about as much 
as they were going to get out of the personnel that that they had. Uh, his stuff out of yeah. timeouts is really high level, really good. It's just kind of hybrid. Uh, you know what they did with beeline, ball screens, pro style stuff. Um, I mean, I'm more like the 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 program changed hands last year. I feel like eras change this year. Mm-hmm. Now that that Xavier's gone. Uh, John Teske's gone. There's all new personnel. Now it's, this is the staff. This is the program now. Let's kind of see what it looks like. Yeah, it'll be fascinating to see everything shake. I mean, they've already had, I mean, not to go back to the rant you just had there with the 15 different, the same question, but I mean, they have had, they've had additions. They've had subtractions. They've had additions and subtractions at the same time right. with no gel Eastern coming and going and everything else. So, no um, gel, we hardly knew ye. Yeah, it'll look markedly different, I would think. And it is kind of fascinating to think about, uh, you know, where does it go? I mean, so much of basketball is dependent on what your point guard can and can't do. Right. And I'm not sure we even know the answer to that question for Michigan at all at this point. And nor would we for maybe Michigan State, I wouldn't think at this point either. You know, life without Cassius Winston oh. will be um, Big time. very different, you know, in every in every way. I mean, that's something people... You know, geez, four-year starter? <laughs> four yeah, year I mean, starter I'm, I'm, point guard is insane I'm, in I'm today's world. I'm looking forward to like eight games into the season when it'll look so different. Like yeah. Michigan, Michigan State are both just like, what in the hell is this? Yeah. What is going on? I'm like, oh, well, you lost transcendent point guards, and now things are going to look right. a little shitty for a while until they figure yeah. things out. A three-year starter and a four-year starter, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah. A three-year, a two-year starter at this point, I feel like, is living yeah, right. For sure. Or three or four, and not is, only starters, uh, but like crazy, the most oh, ball yeah. dominant point yeah, guard in in college basketball on both sides. Um, yeah, it'll like ten years from now, people are going to be like, "Man, remember when Xavier Simpson and Cassius Winston yeah. were there at the same time? That was pretty damn awesome." Um, yeah, I got a golf question. So if yeah. you want to go take a nap or take a go for it, go for I'll, it. I'll uh, chime in with my thoughts. There you go. Uh, if you were spending <laughs> a long weekend in September golfing in Northern Michigan, which I hope to do. Uh, where would you golf other than Arcadia Bluffs? Uh, obviously, Arcadia Bluffs is the kind of it's the holy land up there. Um, right. Great question. I've played most of the uh, the prominent ones by now, and if I were to go through them, I just played Belvedere for the first time, which is in Charlevoix, and that oh, Charlevoix. blew nice. me away. Um, it was very much. The way it, it was kind of these plate one of these places where their whole deal is that this is the way the game's supposed to be. There's no fancy clubhouse. The course design is just off the charts. Condition is great. Every hole is creative. The greens are just unbelievable. Take like a high level of creativity and kind of play with your mind's eye. It's just I didn't expect it to be as great as it was. So that's still fresh on my mind. So shout out to Belvedere. It's like it's impossible to get on at Kingsley, which I was lucky mm-hmm. enough to play last year, the Kingsley Club. Um, but Belvedere seems like uh, the kind of the, the more public equivalent of what you would be looking for to play at Kingsley. Um, the Loop. Is Ross Common considered Northern Michigan, Nick? Where's that at? I know kind Ross Common. No, I think I know where that's at. I, I think that's kind of middle. Because yeah. I saw a question down there in, your, in yours as well about favorite spots in the UP, which got me thinking Northern. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Ross Commons. All right. Well, shout, I mean, out, kind of. shout out to the Loop for and uh, Forest Dunes. Both are should be on every golfer's bucket list. If, now, and if you're you said near the Midwest. What? You said you've, I guess Ross Common probably counts, yeah. Um, you said you've, you said you were in Boyne. Yeah. What'd you think of, uh, did you go any further? Did you go to Petoskey at all? Uh, I've been to Petoskey, yes. And you have been to Petoskey, yes, okay. Yes, yes. Uh, and play. I've played most of the courses up around there as well. Um, big shout. Petoskey's to- a great city. It little is city. very cool. I love it. Very very. Cool. I think that's my favorite north, northern Michigan. More so city, than Travers. I would say. Yes. Okay. I like Petoskey better than Travers. I've been in the UP all over the place. There's not much. <laughs> there's not a lot of like cities there, but it's all you know. A lot of stuff. Oh, cool. here's another story that got away. Yeah. Oh, there you Do you go. remember this? This is back when we were at M Live, and I mm-hmm. pitched the story to Josh, who was our boss then. Josh Slagter. Hello, Josh. I doubt you're listening, mm-hmm. though. But we love you either way. <laughs> Josh is probably golfing, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, probably in Boyne or Roscommon. I, I pitched the idea to Josh to go in like late December or January 
to the UP and go see a game at each of the D2 schools in one yeah. week. So drive across the UP and see a game at – I'm going to mess this up. That's a drive. Michigan Ooh. Michigan Tech. Uh, shit. What are the other two? Uh, so you got Michigan Tech. You got Northern Michigan. Northern Michigan. Um, There's another one. And, one of the uh, river. So Michigan Tech and Northern – is there another one? Yes. Am I missing one? Yes. Uh, Lake Superior State? Lake State? Do they have a basketball team? Maybe that's it. I don't know. Everyone, yeah. a number of people are yelling at their yeah, phones and car radios right now, but whatever. The point was, Apologies, I, wanted, I wanted to go up when it was like, when they were ass deep in snow, right? Oh, go, you wouldn't be able to get through. Go go cover a game at each and write about write basketball in the UP, you know, because it's just such a hassle for them to do everything, to travel, yeah. just to get to practice, just, and, you know, kind of write about that. I thought it'd be fascinating. Josh Green lights it. God bless him. Yeah. We make all the preparations. I think Michael Holland was supposed to go with me. We were just going to pack up a car and just go. And uh, it's like four days before I'm supposed to go. I call up and I, I start making arrangements. I'm like, so what's it looking up there? And they're like, oh, my God, it's beautiful. It's like 40 <laughs> degrees right now. There's no snow on the ground. It was like a historic winter where there was yeah. no snow. Yeah, there right. Was nothing. Not yet. So it just <laughs> defeated the whole purpose of like – Going up there for the, you know to write about basketball in extreme conditions, and it was just gonna, yeah, we're getting around just fine. Yeah, we're just been a bunch of dudes in shorts being like, "Shit's great, I'm loving you it." You still should have done it. No, no I will have do. You it been up there? Day. Have I, you been across the bridge? I went across the bridge once, and like we, we went back? like a we went like an hour into the UP. I don't know. Went to some like river or waterfall or something. I don't know. It was some nature. Yeah, the, it was the not further west you get up there, the, the more I'd crazy like to. I'd like it to. gets. Um, and there are some really cool places, obviously, up there along like Lake Superior and everything else when you get to the top. Yeah. Like I've been up in the peninsula, the Keweenaw, all the way Whoa. all the way up, uh, which is like a different world. Right. It's like a different everything. But, you know, of course, it takes like 12 hours from here to get there, whatever it is. Mulholland, speaking of, used to do the thing where, where he would go to Lions games in, uh, in Green Bay. I think he would fly from like Iron Mountain or something like that. <laughs> like he would drive up there and like it was a cheaper, I don't know. It was something crazy that he would do because flying to Green Bay is super, super difficult. Like it's impossible because Green Bay is like a small town yeah. that happens to have an NFL team. And I remember him doing that and remember thinking like that's uh, that's pretty wild. Speaking of Mike, can am I allowed to just give like a total free plug here? I can do yeah, that right here. Hey, Mike, can I give a free plug? Yeah, sure. Why not? Attaboy. Um, <laughs> our, our boy Mike Mulholland, find him on Twitter. He had, for all these people asking golf questions, he has started his own little side gig where he, he custom makes club head covers where, like, you say exactly what you want it to be and stuff oh, cool. like that, and he makes them. And they're sweet, and Mike's a Mike's a big friend of the show. And uh, mm-hmm. so if you're into something like that, go find his Twitter page, and there's a link to it. It's like back nine something. I have, one, I have a plaid club head cover that he made. It's super sweet. You're promoting one of Mike's 27 side hustles, I assume? Yeah, this my, my, man, my man gets the job done. Um, so, to finish my rankings of Northern Michigan courses, though, uh, Hidden River is up there. Uh, obviously... Where's that at? Hidden River is like uh, 45 what city? minutes south of Petoskey, I think. Oh, okay. So, up in that um, area? Yeah, the two in Roscommon are on the same property, the Loop. I prefer the black track as opposed to the red, but they're both awesome. You should play them. It's a reversible course, 18 greens, 36 tee boxes. It's wild. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Forest Dunes, which is right there, is brilliant. Um, Harbor View, right? I think that's mm. right. Uh, I haven't played there in a couple of years, but uh, I recall it being pretty phenomenal. Um, but... The big one's Belvedere. People talk about all the same places all the time. Belvedere was the jam for me, um, and I, I highly recommend anyone check it out. Did you get I'm all for, of your I'm rounds in? I'm forgetting some of them, and I'm, I, I, I apologize. Did you get all of your rounds in that were scheduled uh, during Amani Bates Don't week, or did anything did. get canceled? There you Don't go. Your ass <laughs> ass I, <did>. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's as good a place as any to leave it, as we uh, confirmed that uh, – that that new that breaking news did not uh, impact a uh, hole of golf that day. It kind of did, but it didn't. Did you shoot well at least? I played a very boring. I had a very, very boring trip. <laughs> All of my a rounds were. I'm like a nine and a half, ten handicap. 
and basically all of my rounds were just like right on my number. I never went too high, never went too low. And Consistency, man. There you go. That's, that's how you win tournaments that's me. Slow with friends. And steady, right? Level headed. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, this okay, was fun, he, Nick. Unless you got anything else, we can drive on out. I don't think I got anything else. And we'll pick it up next time, whatever we have, whatever we have. I don't know. We'll come yeah. up with some stuff and get back going here. Uh, it is, of course, July. So this is normally the time where we maybe take a little, little vacation here or there, whatever it is. But uh, obviously, if if there's stuff to discuss, we will be here to do it. Any interview sure. requests, anyone say, hey, I'd love to hear yeah. you guys interview this person, uh, throw that suggestion to us on Twitter. Um, and otherwise, uh, Nick, thanks for doing this as always, my friend. Uh, Mike Zimmerman on the back end. Thank you, sir. Uh, and to all of you out there, make sure uh, to please support your local restaurants with any takeout that you can uh, order or any uh, outdoor dining uh, that you're comfortable doing. And uh, when that check comes, make sure you're taking care of those bartenders and servers. Yeah, to the county, the place where I